Fisherman's Bay, on native shore and local hill, grudge aching limb or callous on the hand, fathers, grandfathers stood upon this land, and here the pilgrims from our loins shall stand. So farmer and fisherman say in their fortunate heyday. But death's soft answer drifts across empty catch or harvest loss or an unlucky may. The earth is an oyster with nothing inside it. Not to be born is the best for man. The end of toil is a bailiff's order. Throw down the mattock and dance while you can. Lovely, lovely. Welcome to the evening, Tickler. <laughs> the band is back together again. Steve and Julian are coupled in perfect harmony. The two of us will serenade you tonight with song that will sit somewhere between existential ennui and family shock. Sit down, pull your belt off, put it between your teeth and bite it hard because uh, once again, I Steve still hear W.H. Auden. He's still bl- he's still. <laughs> blaring away in the background. You've got to turn him off. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah, he's is totally that, there. Is that Berto? Yeah, he's gone. Um, <laughs> we played uh, Death's Echo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is a gripper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending upon where you like to be gripped, it, it can grip it was, you anywhere. It was number one for weeks on end back in 1938. 1938, when people needed to be gripped. Well, so Julian, we haven't been together in a in, a, in an age, in an and it's great to see your scruffy gray face, man. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've aged. What what has happened to you, man? Oh. It looks like you've been out in the woods eating bark. Yeah, well, I have been a little bit. Yeah, we have no time to. Uh, there's so much that has happened <laughs> that we have no time to to pussyfoot around. Let's here. get right we'll go, into we'll go, it. Go, go so, right in there. <laughs> what does bark taste like? Uh, so what have I done? Well, Ewell I, Gibbons. I, I, you look like Ewell Gibbons. Well, we've also got to do what you did, but what I did um, summed up like in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell, uh, I went to Maine um, to hang out with uh, my friend Evan. Who's been on our show. Who's been on our show, yeah. So I went out there expecting uh, not necessarily a whole lot. Um, well, I mean, uh, nice to hang out with Evan, but, you know, another piece of America, another strip mall, another whatever. Not like that at all, like completely off. So it was a, a bit of a revelation. I dug some of my own surf clams out of the... Uh, I'm so proud of, of you, sand. Julian. Yeah, you've big grown, thing, big, enormous thing. You've grown yeah. your wiser man for that. And you ate them? Ate them, ate them, and um, <laughs> drank, o- drank odd wines from uh, his friend, his so friend Ma- Max's store, who ha- has all kinds of odd wines and stuff. <clears throat> Very, it's interesting out there. It's de- uh, like a uh, kind of brainy, uh, like a different b- bunch of people. I mean, yeah. a, a kind of Catskillsy thing is going on, but uh, but yeah, with ocean, with salt water, and which you know, ocean cleans it up. It makes a big difference. Yes, it does. I, it, I agree. It makes a huge difference. It's um, like the small mindedness of state of being in a landlocked valley where there's a hill here, hill here, and you're like, all I can see is the bottom of my valley leads to that kind of brain. Yeah. These people have one half of their vista is. Exchange, change. Things come in, things go out. The tide comes in and goes out. It yeah. drops things on their beach where, that weren't there yesterday, yeah. Yeah. and it affects the mindset. Yeah. Are are they? Would you like to move up there and get get out of this? You know uh, what I realized. One thing I did realize is that there was an immediate affinity, and I was like, "Well, why is that?" Because I don't see myself as better. But you know, I grew up in Dover, yeah. I, uh, on the cliffs of Dover, or yeah. that's where my boarding school was. And yeah. I'm like, wait, this so is you what. Grew you, up- Oh my goodness! This is what you used to, that. yeah. And also, being British, yeah. to some degree, you're an island race. Yeah, of course. So, and Manhattan, you're an island race, right? Too. Right. So yeah. the awareness of the sea, the awareness that you're never that far away from exchange, and somewhere yeah. like England, Britain is built around 
different people coming, you know, it's been invaded by different people, Anglo-Saxon, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever's going yeah. on. Yeah. That is woven into So it is more comfortable. I'm not used, I, I realize that I'm not used to, I'm not used to this thing where, you know, like our locals in the in yeah. Bovina, the beautiful Bovina whole scene, where they're like, you know what, if I could just have a door at either end and shut it, I'd be very happy with my little crew. I realize now that that's not very appealing to me. I, I talked to some people that have been recently to Africa and they've had these profound, which is a common story of, of feeling that this is where their bones came from. You know, this, uh, this deep imprint. A lot of people that go to Africa because it's supposedly the cradle of man go there and they white feel this. Yeah, white to? people. Huh. That feel their bones talking to people, them. People I know? Um, of, of course. Yeah, we all know these people. You haven't talked to that. People have gone to Africa and they've no, had this no, like, but, transcendent. Uh, uh, but Bovina people you're talking about? No, no. This is, is, when this you're is away. Des Moines people. Right, right, right. Um, yes, I have talked to people who have had that, yeah. Yeah, and so, but um, there is imprinting that happens maybe in our DNA and certainly in our life experience. But what you're talking about, and you being a Brit growing up on an island and, and growing up in, on, in Dover, and going up and seeing that ocean again is that kind of story of an imprint that evidently happened to you when it's you that, were young, and, yeah, and it's, it's that, coming back, yeah, and, and yeah. it's appealing, isn't it? Just, and why is it appealing? Is it familiar? Is it home? I, you know, whatever, whatever, wh wherever your heart beats. Because I, uh, because you know, I was talking to Julia the other day, and she was because uh, I was like, why don't you change? You know, you could do anything. You know, you could go anywhere, do anything. We're not held back by our kids. We, you know, we all work with whatever the new. And she just, she, one thing she said, she was like, um, you know, I don't have your restlessness. And I kind of realized that. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? When you've got one eye on the sea and it's doing that twinkling thing that it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can't quite tell. You're like, oh, now something new. What's yeah. that boat doing out there? Or yeah. you're like, what's over there? What yeah. is it? And it, it induces a kind of existential restlessness, yeah. which I tend to think is being very complimentary. I'm like, of course, you attach all the... Yeah good stuff of like oh well i'm out and worldly and i want to see new things and i want to do but you know it makes you basically perpetually uncomfortable with where you are yeah you used to talk that way about the twinkle in a girl's eye well you do <laughs> i think you do i mean you could probably f but now the ocean has taken over you're, you're going bigger Julie. well i think there's a lot uh, we'd be able to find a lot of metaphors that cross twinkling girl's eye with, yeah, with ocean the, yeah. the, the salty briny uh, impossibly beautiful and dangerous sea. Sure, think, there are a lot of crossovers to my, so, my sausage just twitched. Yeah, twinkle, <laughs> twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> what, what did that you say? Is, say it again. Is that what we're having for <laughs> dinner tonight? Tw here twitching the, sausage. The evening tickler is serving <laughs> twitching sausage tonight, served by the ever-present staff. It hasn't, tw hasn't twitched in some time, too. It's a little unnerving. Well, that's why we're back together again <laughs> at the evening tickler. Yeah, it's exploring, nice to have you. Exploring the unexplorable. You've always made myself twitch a little. Thank you. You, you just know how to uh, flatter me. Um, well, I, too, have been off on a new journey. You certainly have. It wasn't the coast of Maine, and it wasn't foraging, except if we looked at it um, instead of outside, if we look inside of ourselves, it was very much that very thing. I went out and I dug for clams. Um, imagine, if you will, um, a precise, surgically perfect cut to the heart and mind, and... Uh, and your life suddenly cleaves off something that not only spawned you, but identified you. And so, you know, this is kind of like a, uh, a game of 20 questions. What am I talking about? My father died. And um, at 90, he had a good run. You know, all of the 
top of uh, mind things that you tell people when they say my condolences come up. But I was out there for two weeks with my sister, and we administered to his end-of-life experience. And and it was a cycle um, ending of, by most any account, fabulous life. Uh, a man who grew up in the South, uh, two parents that didn't have high school educations, um, that basically gave up everything to send him to school. And um, and he started off at, in a corporation as a sales trainee and ended up being the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company. It's that Horatio mm-hmm. Alger's story. Mm-hmm. And along the way, um, he lost his southern accent because he thought it was a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became... Um, with a grin on his face, which was his trademark. He was a big man, um, kind of a, a worldly guy, and he, he never stopped learning. He had a curiosity that drove him into other people, and he also had the blessing of a photographic memory. So he could walk through his corporation that had 4,000 people and know everybody's name, their wife's name or their uh, husband's name, uh, a handful of specific events. So um, he was loved by everybody. So, you know, this guy whose life I grew up in, um, at the end of it, you know, the man physically certainly wasn't that all-powerful, huge mm. source. Mm. He was um, he was going into his vapors, mm. and his body had changed. And my sister and I, 24 hours a day, because we wanted to put our hands on him, and this was at home, um, got him up and put him down for everything he needed. And so for two weeks, there was that... How, I don't aware, know, how aware was he of what was going on? Oh, yeah, spot on. Oh, really? And it's surrounded surrounded with um, all of the the people that, that our families come to know and love, the palliative care doctors. Mm. And, and we were blessed with this one guy who, who not only was a top-notch medical doctor, but was one of those really weird creatures because of palliative care, which is this, mm. you know, the, the taking of somebody from life into death, mm. who had the spirit side to him. And, and he has been consulting with my father through my mother's death three years ago about what would happen to him. And, what, and he, so he was close to us and talking to my father about this is what's happening. And when I got there in this final 10 days, um, the doctor had told him that this is this is your final period. You are going to be experiencing these things happening to you. Your heart's going to start, you know, stopping, slowing down. Your limbs will get cold. You'll start breathing slower. You're going to have this thing called terminal tremors, you know, where your body is doing this final fight, trying to grab hold of the vigors that it had, and you'll shake, and you, know, you won't maybe be yeah. mentally conscious. But so... My sister and I held and comforted and talked, you know, our father as he went through this final stage of life right up to his death, you know, where um, in his room he was surrounded with family and, and friends. And it was a scene out of a 15th century painting of deep mm. contrasts mm-hmm. and darknesses and sharp lights that were mostly as they did painted for emotional edge and um at at his at his feet were all of his grandchildren with their heads down like 
little lionesses, you know, guarding the king so that no evil thing could pass as mm. this man was. It's totally on. an oil painting. It's totally. Something. It is. And, and then uh, Penny was on his right side uh, and I was on his left. And um, and and we stayed like this for probably 12 hours. Right. Um, talking, soothing and, and um, about six hours before his passing, my sister is, is stroking the side of his face. Now, this man, um, through this last 10 days, has these spurts of being dad. As a matter mm. of fact, three nights before he passed, we got him up and sat him at mm. the table where I cooked this really good roasted chicken dinner. And, and all of his sons were around and, and, and his daughter, Penny, and, and we got out the Opus One and, and he drank a little bit and he shared with us and um, the words were spoken. So he is there, right? And then in this last run, he's calm and at peace in, this, in his chair, um, in this prone position on his back. And Penny is stroking the side of his face and she says, Dad, you're you're so handsome. You're 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 such a beautiful man. And then she went down and she stroked his hand and she said, "Your hands are so handsome. Your wife Gogo always thought your hands were were so handsome." And the smile mm -hmm. comes out of his face, mm -hmm. out of the vapors, out of the out of him being on the gate of death. Mm -hmm. This trademark smile comes out and his eyes are closed and he says don't try to distract me with your charm and your humor from what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> and you know he goes back into this mm. you know uh face of calm and he's preparing himself but he's listening to everything yeah it's an act of concentration um you know but his wit and his charm mm. you know he, he was always that guy who would say to you, um, with his advice and his perspective, things that made you feel better when, when you had no right to feel better, and we had no right to feel good about that moment, and he comes out with that. Um, and so it's apparent. I mean, you could feel it in the room. The, the cats were going crazy, mm -hmm. and lights mm -hmm. were starting to get weird, as things do. And, um, and I started to talk to him about his life. Um, and all of the good things he did, all of the service he gave, all of the things he did for our family. And honestly, I can't remember what I said, but for half an hour, I just went through this review of all of the reasons that his life was so good. And, um, and I said, your work is done. And he died. Hmm. It was, if there could be a good death, yeah. I mean that one hit it out of the park. He, he was, uh, yeah. he was surrounded by everything that he loved, and given permission to after being told that he was good, to get on with it. Well, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because you, because I mean, that's so fortunate. Uh, you know, um, because we as, uh, you know, because we're always looking for that solace of the fact that we know it's coming. Um, we need to find some way that it isn't just a fucking nightmare. Yes, oh, so true. Right. You know, in a in a sterile hospital room with 
things connected beeping and illness uh, pain uh, cancer rotting away rotting from the inside out all of the versions that that we've seen with people who are younger where they where life is being stolen (laughs) from them it's not being it's it, it hasn't reached a coda where you're like okay and so you hope that there will be because hey we Philip Larkin says, like, uh, uh, you know, not being, um, he basically says, you know, not being afraid, uh, uh, that uh, the being nice about dying is just a case of, uh, of, not, of not frightening other people. And we are all frightened, and we need these ex- examples. of. So in that, in you watching that, yeah. did that give you some sense of, like, hey, you know what, I could actually do this? Because yeah. I, I have no sense that I could do it. Precisely. I feel graceless about it all. I feel like I would yeah. be the f- screaming lunatic. One of one of the many things I've thought about is that, um, and we all, you know, I, I, I would be unfair to say that my relationship with my father was something that was just this extraordinary event where he taught me and I learned and we became friends as we grew up and all that. Um, it wasn't that. It was, you know, much later in life that we yeah. saw each other as, as humans and, and got on with it. But um, I, I do, and this is an oversimplified Chinese fortune cookie, but, you know, he really showed me in many ways how to live, and then he showed me how to die. And he took away from that all of those unfathomable mysteries and, and horrific fears mm. in, in showing me that there are ways to go out where it is a, you know, again, if you can tie a beautiful ribbon. So all grace, no, no, uh, there wasn't the screaming and win- wincing and the, and the horrible fear? breathing and and uh, there were a lot of was that fear? No, there was no fear. There was it was almost a, a touch of the divine. Nowhere, and, nowhere along the way, no. uh, kind of like wait, wait, I'm not ready. No, no, uh, he he had talked that through with his spiritual advisors and um, and with his doctors, and he knew what was coming, and and um, and he was prepared. He didn't want to die. I mean, yeah. his last conversation with our Presbyterian um, uh, uh, preacher, if you will, or whatever you call him, um, this this woman who I wish lived here with us because we would spend a lot of time with her, a woman named Leanne, um, he said to her, you know, I really don't want to die. and I don't feel like I'm really um, getting with the Christian program. <laughs> Because I don't want to go to heaven. I really like it here. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. is a great world. Oh, this is heaven. We're in. And, you know, and the, the only thing I really like about being a Presbyterian Christian is the wine. I love yeah. drinking wine. I don't want to die, yeah. you know. And, uh, and Leanne said, you know, you're not alone. When, when, when Christ was, uh, was uh, when he knew he was going to be, like, going through suffering on the cross and he was going to be dead in a couple of days, he went into a room and literally sweat blood you know, telling his father, I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. This, I've this seen is, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, yeah he's, I, this I, is he sang, not. He sang it. This with, is with something a I, don't, of I don't want. Totally. And, um, you know, nobody wants to die. No. But well, people, apparently people do, which well, is extraordinary. For, for the wrong reasons, I think. Well. Or, who knows? Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. There for are, some people, the pain, uh, you yeah. know, I've never been able to be there, but for some people, the pain of existence, What people I know, you know, suicides that I've known, mm. Mm. Where the relief, where they took advantage of a tiny window, they're being watched 24 hours a day, they took advantage of a tiny window of opportunity to be so the most creative they've ever been in their lives and kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. Where they're like, oh my God, I could do it now. Yeah. You know, they, 
the 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 rush to do it was is uh, like an orgasm. It's such a mystery, isn't it? How what can that be? That tethers us to life, like my father, on the edge of death. You yeah. know, with a, with knowing what was in front of him, uh, holding on mm. and saying, I, "I really don't want this because what what I've have is so. I know what I have, and yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. And where I'm going, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Right." Um, and maybe that's what drives people that have led horrible lives for emotional reasons and physical reasons to want to take that. Just step the end. To, just, just the. What if life is just so painful? What yeah. if the process of existing is literally a living hell? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of it because well, uh, yeah. I, I, I've noticed at a certain point in our relationship, which has actually gone on for several years now, that when you get to that point, you just pack up your bag and get out of Dodge. I don't man. even get close. You know, I don't good. even get close. But when, when there's even a whiff of this this is no good, this sucks, Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got all sorts of tactics to, yeah. to get you into yeah. a place where you come back re-energized. Yeah. And you've come back because you've learned new things, you've met new people. Hey, you know, I, you know I've always had a I, – I, it's always annoyed me. I mean, not that much about the way I'm judged annoys me because I can't be bothered to be annoyed by it. We've had that conversation about not being offended or whatever. Um, but the the uh, the dark the the kind of like oh cynic or skeptic or or whatever has always annoyed me because you know to me uh, I I view myself as an optimist you know and I do uh, and and the identifying of um, what sucks like what you just said that seems perfectly valid to me that doesn't mean. People, I'm not into this Pollyanna thing where you're like, why, why do you say it sucks? Why don't you think of it another way? That it doesn't really suck. It kind of shines in a sucky kind of way or whatever the movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Identifying, being like, you know what? There's stuff out there which is just messed up, just like, and it sucks. And then saying like, you know what? I need to, I need to move towards the light. If that means getting in a car and going away, if that means hugging my kid or whatever, to me, that's that's like. That's a rejection, but it's not a rejection that leaves you sitting there just rejecting left and right. You do something with it. You're like, no to this, yes to this. That seems to me an optimistic I, a skepticism as a response to the stuff that you see day to day, A, in the world as it stands, and B, just in the existential condition. Skepticism seems to me a, 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 a completely reasonable response to the day-to-day -day issues of being a living human being with this brain in it. With consciousness or whatever, we're like this makes no sense. This is crazy. Of course, if we add all of that information up, every piece of poetry that's ever been written or whatever says, how can this be amazing and futile at the same time? So of course, skepticisms are. There. But what do you do with that? You like, I've got to find some way to transcend it. It's this is all about transcendence. If anybody out there can take what Julian just said and turn it into a recipe, you know, using uh, items off the shelf. <laughs> And, and bake it into something, maybe a casserole, and send it to us. We're going to not only give you credit for it, but when we eat it, we're going to review everything uh, Julie just said. Isn't that exactly <laughs> what we do? I mean, if you're going to take a metaphor, that's exactly what we do, don't we? It we is. run to the shelf, we grab the ingredients. We try combine them in different, new, interesting ways. We stick it in our mouths. It's delightful and amazing, but it's, but it's, also, it's also ephemeral. It's also... It's, it's, Past and now it's in your guts and it's being churned into 
fecal matter. Yeah. You know, it's gone. Yeah. But it was, that doesn't mean it wasn't worth doing. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the only thing that's worth doing. Exactly. If you yeah. think that, like, taking that, you know, when, when uh, Evan and Max or whatever, slicing up those scallops right out of the sea, thin, serving them crudo where you're tasting them, you're like, is this sugar? Is this, what is this? This yeah. is, like, not even, it's not four days old. This is, like, right out of the sea. And you're like... Yeah. It's gone by the time it's like a it's like a communion wafer. It's gone by the time you've even registered that it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Anybody who's going to say, yeah, well, you know what? That's just feces. Yeah. It's it, it, that's just matter waiting to be feces. You're going to be pooing it out in the toilet tomorrow. Yeah. That cynicism, that uh, the optimism is like, let's go find some more scallops. Or like, if that's what scallops can taste like, I wonder what those crayfish over there would taste like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I do know um, that. There are many people that um, are smart enough, or no, not smart enough, aware enough to seek out um, through the senses that we can appreciate in our body, our, our taste, our, our, um, our smell, our touch, the things that we hear. Um, seek out um, experiences that will not just test them, but will glorify what they're there for. And, and that means, um, like you said, if you're, if you're at the sea, to dig up a scallop and slice it thin and taste the sea through a form of life. Sure. You know, that, that gets you thinking um, about your position. And, and it also does this. And, and this was something that I, when I stood up in front of everybody and I said words of my father, I, I reminded them of this, that um, our story, and, and Julian just shared with us this story of, of, uh, of eating um, and, and taking great delight in the mystery of it and the taste of it, um, which is what we should all be pursuing. Um, our obligation in life, if it's going to be meaningful, is that, to share that, okay? And as we're doing right now with, with these stories, we're sharing it with you, and that adds, if you will, grace. Without that... We lose our rudder, and and I and I mm. think that if there is you know, to oversimplify things, a wrongness that's descended upon us as a twenty first century people, this lack of sharing, contemplating the joys of experiencing the new things that happen when we travel and when we go off and we're around new people and new things, and then we bring that back and we share it with the people that we love. It's the glue that, that makes us very human. And we don't seem to do that very much. Oh, anymore. my God. Like now, you know, the, the, the weird sense of pressure in your brain of thinking, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, about how we appear to be in a time of high anxiety uh, on all kinds of levels, uh, you know, and the pressure in your brain of everything that is the opposite of what we just said, of this transcendent, clear air, a sense of being like, oh, my God, you know, to eat a little piece of scallop and feel like, oh, my God, you know, and feel the air rush into that experience. I feel, and I, uh, you know, sometimes I blame it on Bavina, sometimes I blame it on Trump, sometimes I blame it on the prevailing whatever is going on at the moment. But it leaves you in this state where it's like someone has a vice on you, yeah, yeah. on your head. Yeah, it's it is. intense, and it can't. It's like it's no way to live. And it's. I think that is uh, unfortunately uh, very shared, and leads people to being angry and mean and acting furious. Out. Um, <clears throat> I, oh my I, god! I could grind my teeth if I sit in the car and I'm driving up and down and start to think about stuff that's going on. Obviously, you know the actions yeah. of the last week. The Having kids, you know, the stuff that's in the news, having kids, 
17 <clears throat> kids blown away. <sighs> People's response to that where you're like, it, uh, you know, I have to, I need to go into therapy or whatever because I hear a response to that. And I'm like, how can any human being even say what you just said yeah. or whatever? And you don't know what to do. Uh, I feel like that guy on the street that's walking around like, but we're like, oh God, he's lost it. You know, yeah. he's raging against his ex-wife who left him or whatever. Yeah. You know. Well, you know what's happened uh, is this. Um, when you fight with monsters, be careful that you don't become one yourself. Absolutely. And we've be we're becoming monsters because the the uh, the lay of the land and and the uh, but it's the so, way events are happening. But it's are, so hard. They're, they're it's monstrous. It, yeah, but it's so we're hard. We're losing our perspective. We are, but it is hard because you know we are simultaneously torn between. You got to do it. <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to do anything except you, don't, you know the, the evening the evening tickler um here is um uh, is ju it's a, it's a wonderful experience for for us <laughs> for and nobody. you because you're you're listening to WIOX community radio that's what's so good about it all just saying those words makes me happy and and gets us out of the monstrous conditions that we're in it, it because it's live and local we're this diverse group of 82 people that come into this station and, and talk about our human condition in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and on MTC Cable Channel 20. Good things are happening here in the mountains, particularly tonight on the Tickler. And if you're not getting it on a direct line of sight uh, over your radio, you can always get it at WIXradio.org. Or if you've got What's that new um, machine that's that's come out through Apple? We just got one of them. Uh, the cassette recorder. No, this, it's the this, Super 8. It's this thing. You you call out a name. Oh, Google. It's Alexa. Alexa. Ah, uh, yeah. If you call out My Alexa WIOX Radio, you're going to get WIOX oh. Radio. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to get it, and you're going to get so much of things that you love, you know, like yeah. Like oh nice my try. goodness, I'm trying. Nice try. I'm trying to get. The <laughs> <laughs> oh like. dear, oh dear, you're gonna get. You're listening to oh. WIOX Roxbury Community Radio, ninety-one point three FM, and WIOXradio.org. WIOX is supported by Wayne Bank, with twenty-six community offices, including Roxbury, Stamford, Andes, Hamden, Franklin, and Walton for online and mobile banking with apps for phones and tablets and debit cards designed for secure online shopping. Wayne Bank, helping the community grow since 1871. WayneBank.com. WIOX is supported by Hana Mountain Resort and Country Club with 29 guest rooms, restaurant and bar, and ski and stay packages, including lodging and lift tickets at Bel Air, Platakill, and Wyndham. Information at HanaCountryResort.com or 845 Five eight six four eight four nine. And and so um, the shape of an amoeba, as we know, uh, is Did always you say amoeba. Amoeba. Oh. I see two of them on you right now. <laughs> maybe maybe three. There's a few in my bloodstream. Oh, oops, there's four. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, oh, I'm running out of fingers and toes to count on. Um, <clears throat> our lives. As monstrous as they are, get shaped by events, and 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 we develop uh, new bumps, and we crawl out with new sort of appendages through this slime of life that we're in. And when it gets when it gets reshaped through being cut and pressure lost, and and when it gets reshaped because something drops on it, or gets reshaped because you know another object wants to eat it alive. 
um, there, there's a process that we go through. And the process, if I can, is this. We, just, we scream. We go, ah, ah, because it hurts and it's strange. And, and um, when it happens so regularly that you can't even become familiar with your shape. Like what? Well, like the the state of change that we're in right now, not right. just with our politics, but with the rate of change that's happening mm. with AI and news mm. and the bombardment yeah. of different just, information you just, channels. You just finished screaming on one hill of the, yeah. of the roller coaster. And you're, and then you're screaming again. Yeah. The, the reshaping is a form of motion sickness where you're in a constant state of vertigo, it's and, vertigo. and you're vomiting it's and screaming. It's um, vertigo. It's the movie. Yeah. And so, like, what's... Where yeah, are we know. headed, man? I don't know. I don't know. It's intense. You know, I mean, hey, I had some good conversations actually with Sarah actually this weekend talking about, you know, because I, you know, part of my kind of vertigo at the point at which I stopped doing something that I didn't want to do anymore or I thought I didn't want to do anymore, but came with money and uh, cachet and, you know, all the other things that you do, um, that that brought on. That was a, a, a catharsis and an epiphany or whatever, but it also brought on some vertigo because you live in a world where, where it's very hard to be that shape when everybody else is the shape you just came from. But I've got to say that, like, that, if I have to think of what, of, of, of the root of the last few years that has been the way that I have been able to transcend that vertigo, it's been exactly that decision. Mm. The decision to um, live by your wits, to, uh, to, to try and plow a furrow that crosses the lines of what, that everything else goes on. And, you know, it, it, it's an incredibly anxious state to be in because you're constantly recognizing that your furrow is going and you're like, shouldn't it doesn't make any sense to go. But you also recognize that, that, that you are seeing, feeling, hearing and also you pick up these other people. You, you do look across the furrows and you're like, wait, there's another figure crossing across the furrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can, the, the, so much to say about that. Um, when you are crossing a line where, if you will, if you're a salmon and you're trying to swim across a stream that's rushing violently, in times of duress, culturally and historically, what happens is that um, people go with the masses, right or wrong, People will generally go with the crowd because the crowd is safe. Of course, and, and 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 we're in one of those states right now, and you can see it against you know this this partisan um, flow right now. People are jumping into these horrible places just because that's where people are, and it makes them safe. Because you know if 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 the shooting starts and you have more mass, your the likelihood of you surviving goes way up, totally. and that's a Darwinian sort of thing. But then if you decide that you're not going to be part of that mindset and belief system and your behavior consequently is going to be different and you cross through that this is what happens um and this is this one great american indian chief when all of the tribes were being you know basically blown apart by our policies and so on there were very few of them left he said this and i'm going to say it badly but it's to uh, julian's point the river is wild um, it's breached. It's um, it's breached its boundaries, and um, and here I am. I'm I'm being taken through it with no control, and um, 
I don't know where I'm going to go, and I don't know if I'm going to survive um, to the next moment. All I can do is keep my head up as as I'm ripped along through this um, impossible force and hope for this, that I can see in this someone else, if I can see you also in this. Mm. And if I can, then this is what will happen. I will swim to you, and I will grab you, and I will look you in the eye, and together— we will try to make for that shore. And, yeah. uh, and if we die together, <clears throat> then we die together. But together, if we make it to a shore, then we can get out hey, and we can take a step. It's the Rilke you know, poem. It's the, uh, you know, understand, you know, yeah. all, all the pathways poem or whatever. But the friends that you make, Julian, as somebody that is not in, a, you know, jumping into a crowd, uh, because, you know, you're um, a voyager uh, traveling to places that, you know, are you're compelled to go there for whatever reason. But you're kind of a lone traveler looking for bright points in the darkness. Um, and you find them. You become, well, of course you do. Because there are other people like it's a you community. out there. It's and, a community. Uh, and, and, and they stand out. They, they stand out and they are plagued by exactly the same anxieties. You know what it's like? It's like a... It's like a swimmer coming to the surface and uh, for a breath of air. I mean, we sp- I think this community that we're talking about spends most of its time with its lungs bursting underwater, freaking out. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to be destitute. You can't swim against the – because all the rules and all the rewards tend to come from uh, – that's the way the world is worked, by, by going down the furrows that are plowed. Yeah, You're yeah. going to decide to painstakingly cross across the furrows yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, most of your time, you can be like, people say it to me, my ex-wife, Rachel, who I back in contact with, she was like, how do you pull it off? Because mm. she makes, she's a lawyer, she makes lots of money. She's like, I'd be destitute really mm. quick. How do you pull it off? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. And she, I'm like, I don't know. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking, but, you know, for, on those times when I'm with, when I find David and Paul or people like Evan or whatever, you know, people who are living by their wits and mm-hmm. doing the moment when you come to the surface and you take those two lungfuls of air, mm-hmm. that's what you live for. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that um, you, you don't, you don't, um, you don't miss anything till you've been deprived of it. And then when you do get that breath of air after, you know, basically getting to the edge of uh, of dying, and you take that in. Ah. What you see, time slows down and stretches well, it's out. Everything. And and it's it, it is another form of grace. Um, every piece of poetry you've ever read, every everything makes sense yeah. in that transcendent yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's what you do. You go but down. I don't know. It's just a sort of moment and condition that we would wish on our children that they have to suffer and get to that point before they can really no. see. A, I think what a we do. No. 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 Because it's hard to wish that on anybody. No. You don't want to do that. No. You can't no. wish it because it's too painful potentially. And, if, and if, if you're not, if you're not evolved. Yeah, into a state where it you takes can a certain that. type of warrior mentality to, to no, survive. I that. think what you do with your children is you try you try to make them prosper in the mainstream, don't you? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't believe that's the way to do it because um, if you're teaching your children um, according to what it is that you believe, you're teaching them to be. Or okay, so this is all projection right. because okay. this is the way I teach my children. Um, you're teaching them to be guided by the shape of their heart, which doesn't lead them to anything other than having the courage of their own convictions and being weird. 
And I've told my children, if you are true to yourself, you are going to be seen as an exception, not the rule. You're going to be seen as weird. But that's a great um, thing. But you will find. If you're a find, narcissist, that's a great thing. And I remind them, as you just said so beautifully, you will find those other people out there. And that will make your life something quite special and, and worth living. Mm. Um, but it won't be easy. And it has nothing to do with mainstream stuff. Make money, have a family, you know, get into debt and die, that kind of thing. You know, my advice to my children is that you will have to suffer, you know, and and through that, the lessons that are made will basically make your path. You know, I feel like I don't give, I mean, I, I feel like I don't give Winnie and Dusty that much advice. I think, you know, what I... I guess You're not old I, enough yet. When you get to my age, it's well, I, I, over a hamburger. That's what comes no, out. No, but I guess what I try to do, I, in a sense, is to, is to, you know, like Winnie's a college age. So you get into a place where you're like, go to college. That's what people do. Enjoy your college experience. Find out who you are. Do all that kind of stuff. And you, and you try to come up with the money so that they can do that. And that's fairly mainstream. What I do, I suppose, is just by uh, the example of my life, is try yeah. to say like, "Hey, you know what? No, you do that well. We could go to Venice, or we. C yeah. You want to get on that train? Yeah. And that's the most yeah. I can do. I can't say. I can't then say this is why you should get on that yeah, train, yeah. or this is why you should do that trip to Auschwitz, or you know yeah. whatever we did. You just say like, yeah. hey, that, that's get more than now. enough. That's more than enough to just witness what you believe in by the way you act. You know, and I, and I try to do that too, as best as I can." with the life I, I lead. And I think beyond that point, the the one out of five times where they're like, where you're like, the train is leaving now. You want to get on? We could. I don't know where it's going, but it's, you know, the one out of five times when they're like, all right, they jump. Then you just quiet. Then you just let the situation play out and yeah. watch them be like, oh my God, yeah. I could have been back on the station over there because I thought I wanted to yeah, have yeah, yeah. dinner. Yeah. But like, look at those mountains <laughs> or whatever. And then you just yeah. you just take your hands off. Stop stop proselytizing about anything, yeah. and just let the story play out. Yeah, um, I am blessed because I've got this tag team with Christy, my wife, and and she really is that train that's leaving. And um, I can pass my kids off to her, and and it's almost on that same level of you know take a look at at this. Um, impossible thing right beyond the turn that was so curious you know that was like what is right over there and then this this partner that I have jumps on and and takes it over and the two of us in tag teaming um, which is a blessing for a stepmother and a father to have that kind of relationship with the kids yeah I don't have any of that yeah no it's really uh, it's a remarkable well, I'm this woman is quite remarkable. She has an emotional intelligence that I constantly learn from and am amazed by. But that whole thing that you do have, and I would say that the relationship, your partner that you show your children that I have in Christie, you have it in, let's literally jump on that train and in Venice. Yeah, you've got your a very solid sure. uh, wife. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, yeah, is totally. A, is it an anchor to win? No, I mean that's amazing. I mean yeah. having 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 a conscience and having a you know and having a. Oh my God! Now we're going to evangelize. Our, so we should probably stop. Yeah, we should stop yeah. this stuff. <laughs> and we sh and and we should we should um, we should talk about um, 
how how do we get out of the how do we get out of February in the Catskills? This is the first time in my life I have felt the vise grips just about ready to blow mm. the gray matter out. I don't of my feel that. Ears. I do. I, this this year because of the death of my father sure. and being away and coming back, and my energy and my spirit i just feel like a flat pancake looking for a crack to slide you into. know i don't know what i don't know how to make this whole thing win it's like our conversation we had kirby on i don't know how i don't know i don't know how to advise anybody else on any of this i know that um you know it changes for me every year this year looking at the storylines because an interesting thing happens in february uh, you know as peter it's a it's the beginning of spring in lots and lots of ways. And one thing that I've noticed is that the, uh, and I've never really taken it in before, but is that the um, the goings-on start happening, the um, the connections, who was connected with who last year, who's going to start a business this year, who's going to do so. You know, all the machinations have kind of began in this small community that we have, the uh, the allegiances, the playground stuff that's going on, like, the people from the city, they've opened a thing, this is going on. So this summer is going to be person A cooking alongside person B who started a business with something, with a food truck or you know whatever the hell mm. it is. So all of that stuff is... You're starting to hear that chatter start up now. Yeah, it's yeah. springtime. It's like the daffodils are coming out, but more yeah. like, okay, what's the... who who Who's going to get the... It's like you're casting this summer's play and yeah. who's going to get the leading roles and like, oh, did you hear so-and-so's going to be the ingenue this time or you know whatever yeah. it is in this small town that we do. For me, this year is the first time where I'm like, I'm not. You're not part of any of that stuff. You're just consistent. Have you been been asked uh, to? No, I hear the sounds. And, uh, you know, when you hear that, Uh you know that there's there's an implicit question in that of like, so do you, could, would we, is there something? Because I'm, I guess I'm coming out of a little bit of an ending uh, in some involvement with this storyline mm. to actually look from the middle distance. And even the sneering that I fear from uh, that I, I don't fear, I feel from certain corners of like, so, you know, what are you going to do about this? I'm like impervious to it this year. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't, because I, I'm like, what if you're just not in the play? What well, if it's not a case of saying, strutting, man. yeah, you, you may have had a leading role the last couple of years. And walk down that street. But that right is what's going on. You know, when you watch the audition process go on and you feel the smirk from certain people being like, guess what? This year you're just going to be a messenger or you're going to be a spear bearer. Where you're like, no, I'm not going to be a messenger or a spirit bearer. I'm not in the play at all. <laughs> you know, and that's incredibly liberating, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. To 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 cut your tethers, if you will, and to begin floating and to for put a yourself for, for a, a moment. moment. Yeah. But but isn't that um, isn't that a, not only a form of courage, but a form of renewal that is so extraordinary it it happens when we're born when we have nothing but the world to take care of us if we're not nurtured by forces so far beyond us we die and when of an age and you certainly are and you you put yourself back into that and you just trust that you're not in anything and you're just for a while going to float and see who does Grab, nurture, pay attention. You know and what? It's carry a, it on. It's a balance. That, it's a balance because there's a fear in it. Because well, it's of certainly course in a place. Yeah. Because you, 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 you babies have, have a fear. Right. Well, I don't know, but don't we know. we certainly have a story. We have a past. We have stuff that you have to uh, to 
to to move forward, you have to relinquish certain stuff, and that's not easy to do. With that it's comes ego, and all that kind of stuff has to be has to go. I think, I think actually, your analogy of a child is good because um, because for me, if I look at why, and you know, it's not like I found nirvana here or whatever but it is interesting how this february is different from last ones um and it is because of things i said but that's partly because i wouldn't have made those endings and be looking at this free floating thing had that not been done to me mm-hmm. i think you know it's like it's a hard thing to do by choice mm-hmm. it's actually something where somebody says you know this thing is not going to be what it was last year mm-hmm. or whatever I don't think we. I, I'm not sure we're really capable of relinquishing those things. Yeah. Well, that's very romantic. It's like being mugged. Yeah. Like I said, it's very romantic. I mean, because it's not like being mugged because there's an intimacy that happened with that. Um, I mean, when you kill somebody with a knife, there's a there's an intimacy involved mm, with no that, with, as opposed to a gun. Mm. And what I think you've gone oh, through is yeah, an embrace. Is, totally. You know, it's not a mugging so much as a very intimate sort of stabbing with a short blade. Um, and you've survived, and you're, you'll bleed a little bit. I, I always remember this um, when tragedies happen in our lives, um, and and you are broken. Um, it is that whole thing about being a warrior that's gone through a fight and, and not have won, okay? You, you are the person, you're the victim, you haven't been killed. But your job is to lie and bleed for a while until that stops and you pick yourself up and carry on. Ugh, and The lying and bleeding is so... Yeah, but isn't that's exactly... Dreadful. It's, it takes courage and it hurts. And oh, it, but but yeah. it takes more than courage. It takes but Julian, much don't worse tell than me. courage. Don't it takes self-indulgence. It ta- it's like, oh, oh you You're just sick of yourself. You're sick of the... F- you have never been so knocked off your block yes. that you've been lying there bleeding. Yeah. I mean, it's a metaphor, but yeah. I'm talking no, about a yes. horrible condition. No, no, not lying there. I'm like the, I'm like the, the, uh, I'm like the wounded deer with the... With the Big freaked out eyes that doesn't understand not, what's happening. Yeah, you're not still feeling trying to sorry run. for yourself. You're hurt. Yeah, but it's still trying to run. It's still using its front legs, even though it's. Lo- I'm like the chicken with its head cut off. It's still running around the damn barnyard or whatever. I've never been able to be in that place. I hate myself when I get in that place where I'm, where where I've where I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be an oil painting here. I'm just going to yeah. do it. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. The self-reflective uh, uh, quality of being a no, sad no. victim. No, 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 no. It's awful. It's all about <laughs> everything. Is all about momentum, isn't it? Until it's about entropy. Yes <sighs> and no. Um, I do think that there's a time and a place to take several deep breaths and just, without the strength, look around at what's going on. It's another form of of. Um, it's not entropy. You know, it's what is it when you're just lying there stunned and um, your condition has put you into a place where you are that baby once again. And and the only thing you can do is breathe and look around you. I don't have that self-possession. I don't have that self-possession. Well, and maybe I, I you've get, never been And I've never been wounded enough. enough. Yeah, maybe you've yeah, never been. Yeah. I mean, I would say from my own experience that I've been wounded yeah, the, the, the blade was like against my heart, but maybe I don't. Maybe that's not true. Yeah. Well, I hope 
this is another thing. I would not wish this on my children. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, but when it happens, I don't think you've got any other reaction, but you know, you're going to die or you're going to lie there and take breaths until you recover. I've had situations. I remember, you know, at a peak, there was a, uh, I remember being on a situation. Someone told me this, this would happen. There was something that I was running away from you know, when my relationship was breaking down or whatever. Yeah. I remember getting on a plane at Newark Airport, and I, I used frequent flyer miles to put myself first class. because. Uh-huh. And this person had said, this is going to be the worst flight of your life. You're going to be suspended 30,000 feet up in the air, and you're going to feel like you, you don't even know what it is to be a human being anymore. And that, that was an extraordinary experience. Yeah. Landing at the other end... Luckily, I booked book myself first class. I went into the club of the, of the place at the other end. I couldn't leave the airport. I, they had a shower, and they had a place you could lay down. It was like a virgin <laughs> club. And I was like, I'm just going to stay here. You, have, you just was, heard the best example of white man privilege in the world. It was where, frequent for hours. I didn't pay for it. This is, but this is a story of somebody I remember that, actually at, sitting, at the worst point in his life. I remember life sitting in that club. First class lounge. My friends were up in Shropshire <laughs> who were like kind of waving me in from a distance. Yeah. And I was in the lounge being like, I can't leave the lounge. And they were like, come on. And I'm like, I can't face the train. I can't face the world. I can't face this little nest is here with a shower. As bad, you know, sometimes I look at this dog we've got. We've got this new German short hair pointer, which is, uh, you know, an amazing animal. And it's got an emotional equivalent. And uh, it's really kind of taken over our hearts and our minds. It's got and, a little tiny raisin brain, though, yeah? Little, oh, tiny, yeah. Whatever, whatever size it is, it's, it's expanded like... Uh, oh, really? You know, uh, oversaturated grape nuts. You know mm. how they just get bigger and bigger. Mm. That dog is becoming the over-soaked uh, grape nuts in our, in our lives. But um, where am I going with this, Julian? I just felt Captain Trip walk in. He sucked, <laughs> he sucked all of the all of the ideas out of me, man, because he's going to play the dead well, you know for a long he time. He is the Grim Reaper, but he, he is the Grim so Reaper. Every time he, he comes in, you're like, dead. "Here it is." Here's the, the dead. Two hours of the dead, and we've been talking about the dead forever. Um, he, he's like, I, just in case you thought you could talk all night, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> um, it's so good to be back it after is. this. No, uh, that was fun. After this long. Right long journey and julian's been on this long journey too and uh, we've what i what i love about this is to you know just julian and i shooting what we've been through it's amazing we're allowed to do it really. yeah someone it is gives, um, someone gives us this, this platform. it is amazing it's a it's a real <laughs> blessing that, we, you, that you have to listen to this <laughs> right, stuff right? and we're gonna so inflict it we're gonna put it on uh on our uh ipod cast thing and you can listen to it again and again um <laughs> i will have a cartoon in the Casco mountain news this week which is kind of indicative of uh what what we've talked about to a degree it's a picture of a guy who's standing in front of a light and it's a harsh light um and a cast a shadow is cast from him and his, his legs shadow out to the wall and they start to grow up the wall and his body form in this shadow starts to change and, and towards his shoulder um you, he stops being human and it turns into a snake which really turns three-dimensional and comes off oh, the yeah. shadow That's wall what you sent and and comes down with its fangs out right over this guy's head and the story is um you know we all have our shadow missions which trip us up and, and mess us up and we have to be aware of that all of our lives but um 
when we fight with monsters, we have to be careful that we do not become them. And and this, we're in a time right now where I, I think we, Julian and I, who have seen this in ourselves way too often, would like to say goodnight to you on this. <laughs> Be aware of your dark shadows and, and, and go, to, go to the light side. Don't become a victim of all of the horrible things that are happening. But um, go against the current. Find those other people that, are, that, that want it to be better. Embrace them and uh, get out of the damn river and uh, take a step forward. That's a whole new show. That's, that's the whole new show.